Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan presents Football at Four. Here's The Drive. Hi, welcome to it. Football at Four. Mac, Orlando Franklin. Broncos play tomorrow. Right, take us inside uh, the mind of that NFL player. It's the day before the first preseason game. You are... I'll go through a couple different guys to tell me what they're thinking, okay? You're Garrett Bowles. Coming off injury. Likely going to play a few snaps. Garrett Bowles, where, where's your mindset the day before this game? Coach, get me out as fast as possible. Okay. You're not uh, worried about testing yourself or getting back in the mix? Arizona? Well, just, you know, an NFL game because you've been, you've been hurt. Um, you don't care? No, don't care. You're, you're yeah. really thinking about the... the I think going into training camp, Garrett Bowles has got more work in training camp than what he's going to get tomorrow. So no big deal for Garrett Bowles. Yeah, no big deal. He's been facing Randy Gregory. He's been going against other guys. You're Javante Williams. What are you thinking? Javante, I want to test this thing. I want to say I'm very interested to see how I feel on butter- Saturday morning. You got some butterflies going yes, on? Yes, absolutely there? butterflies. Yeah. Now you, yeah, now you got to go for real. Yeah. They're going to tackle you're, gonna, they're, they're, you're being tackled to the ground. First time. First time you're going to be tackled since the injury. Yes. Oof. So might be a head thing. Might they play in Javante? Do you think they're playing Javante? I, I, I think you've got to play him. You, you want to play him now to see how he responds on Saturday. Okay. If anything, I'm looking at that San Francisco game next week, and I'm probably saying, hey, Javante, probably not. How many reps do you think you need for Javante? Um, Five, I, I think it's – I want to get, 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 get give him the ball twice. Twice. Um, you want to see him run some routes, and you want to see mm-hmm. where, where he's at with his blitz pickup and okay. just his assignment in the passing game okay. in the backfield. So maybe a few less reps than everybody else. Yeah, I tried to get him on screen on third down. My first third down, I would okay. let Javante know tonight, like, hey, we're coming to you. We, we just want to see you kind of in open space and right. really get give you the opportunity to test that knee out. You're Zach Allen. <laughs> if you're Zach Allen, payback time. <laughs> Who could I dog out that I didn't have, that I never liked all my career while I was out there in Arizona? Uh, that is interesting because not all the offensive linemen and D linemen like each other. Right? Oh no, we hate each other. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but also, you 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 want to probably if you're Zach Allen, it's like a. You might be approaching this game like in, with a little bit more juice too. Yeah, now you get to yeah, yeah. you get to hit a quarterback in Arizona Cardinal jersey. Uh, you've you're, never been able to do that. You're Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, you want this thing to go good. Yeah. Like this is the first stepping stone. Everybody's watching. All eyes are on you. Is it? You might of... be a little. You might be nervous. Right. Like, almost wow. like your your rookie year nervous yeah, going into this thing. Says he doesn't get nervous. Yeah, we all get nervous, dude. Yeah, you know, there's probably this weird, strange pressure that shouldn't exist. I don't, I don't get nervous. Yeah, you don't get yeah. Russ, you don't get nervous, do you? I don't, I don't get nervous. Yeah, I don't get nervous. I'm sure he's nervous about tomorrow. Who the hell did he say that? Everybody gets nervous, dude. It's I okay. Don't get okay, man. It's like, that was a, that was, you want to talk about the biggest roll-your-eyes moment. Do you realize what the question was? Because I asked it. That was I the said, biggest roll-your-eyes moment for well, you? It was one of them, man, because it was, the question was, are you excited? I didn't even say nervous. I said, do you feel like it's like a first day at school sort of thing? And he said, he said. Okay, I, don't, I don't get nervous. Okay. Mm. My biggest roll your eye moment was the secondary chef. I was like, wait a minute. What? 
How about the uh, it's uh, the State of the Union on Tuesdays? <laughs> How about I it was, it was high that. knees on the plane? Should we just keep going? Yeah. I Let don't. Me. I don't get nervous. Like, like Whoa. man, when he said that, it's it's like you're you're saying there's a human emotion that makes sense and everybody goes through, but you don't. Because what? You're a robot. How about let's ride after week one, Seattle? I know he put up good numbers. Broncos but country, let's ride. There was a, it was a loss. He's throwing down go Broncos after every presser. You good with that? Yeah. That's not as bad, right? Go Broncos. Go Broncos after every presser. Make sure you don't say it after a loss. Only say it after a win. <laughs> uh, okay, you are, who else is interesting here? You're Albert Okawebenum. Oh. I got to go out. Most nervous I've ever been in my entire time in the National Football League. I got to go out here, and it's got to look different. Mm. I know the coaches don't love me. I know it's a new regime. I know a lot that this coach has all the power in the world. Um, and if I get cut, probably a team doesn't touch me until next year. Kareem Jackson. Pissed off? Yeah. What do you mean? Right. Starting safety next to Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, slash Caden yeah. Stearns. Yeah, this is a tough one. This is a suck it up moment for Kareem Jackson. Trying to line somebody up tomorrow and lay them out. Yeah. This one stinks, though. Yeah. Because this is one that he shouldn't have to play in. Yeah, I'm sure he's like, I got to go make this football team, but I also got to right. go prove to them that I'm the starter. What the heck are you thinking? Are you kidding me? So. I don't think he's nervous. I don't think he's nervous at all. I think he's probably angry think, and ready to take somebody's head off. Juiced up, yeah. Yeah. Ready to go. He's probably kind like, of pumped, actually. Like he might play the he might have done training camp for free when tomorrow night's over. Like he might just line somebody up and say, I'm just gonna take this person's head off. Uh you are Montrell Washington. <laughs> Gotta take one to the house. <laughs> this young fella has not even done anything and yet this jet no, no, chart comes. No fair out. catching, huh? Oh. Got to take it to the house. Got to show that I'm way further ahead than um, Marvin Mims Jr. at this. We just got to make sure, the Broncos, that is, the collective we, that if you get rid of Montreal Washington, we just got to know he's not Isaiah McKenzie. We just got to know he's not going to go somewhere else and be a star. <laughs> you know, Isaiah's like a star in Buffalo. He's a star there. Trenton Holiday is a star here. You don't think Trenton's a star here? No. Are you kidding me? Dude. Baltimore, 2012, double overtime? He took two of those things to the house. <sighs> as long as Trenton Dude, caught the ball you gotta cleanly, know, hey man, you gotta know something. he was going to give you an explosive out of that, baby. You're looking at somebody who had an undersized kid in elementary school who bought. You're looking at him. Mm. I bought two Broncos game day jerseys in my life. Mm-hmm. One of them was C.J. Anderson for our 22nd anniversary for my wife. The other was a number 11 Trendon Holiday shirt that you had to specially order because they weren't in stores for my undersized kid who was in love with the undersized Bronco, okay? He was so undersized, too. Trendon used to have to, like, buy his jeans, and he would have to cut the, the, the legs off at the bottom of his jeans because of how short he was. Listen, I'm not trying to hate on Trendon Holiday. My, here's what I hate about special. He's electrifying. Yeah, he's also terrifying at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's like I don't need that with punt returns. I mean, you could just catch the ball nine out of ten times, and we're gonna be okay. Well, he was gonna catch the ball eight out of ten times, 
And if he caught the ball clean. I got it, bud, but it's, man, it's a big if. Some interesting. You know eight what out I, of ten times, hey, I'm going to take that. You know what I wanted to see? Peyton Manning jogging onto the field. I didn't need to see Trenton Holiday try to take you it to the house. You know who was fired up after Trenton Holiday tried to take it to the house? Peyton Manning jogging oh, okay. on the field. <laughs> but I'm, I'm putting a lot more investment in Peyton Manning and that offense. Trenton was the guy. What are you talking about? Next to your theory, you either want somebody that's making $2 million or the guy that's getting ready to make $2 that's million. That's right. Trenton Holiday was the guy that was making the $2 million. When I saw that the football was bigger than his torso, <laughs> I got nervous. I'm not lying, man. How big did that football look at his chest? It looked massive. The funniest part is them trying to make him a, a receiver. And yeah, like, that was just to get, like, DT and those guys rest. Okay. Hey, game's over. Okay. Go out here. All right. Or, hey, somebody needs a blow. Hey, man, I have seen Montrell make big-time catches in practice this year that have been impressive. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. Practice? Fine. Where Montrell's not getting hit. And he knows okay. he's not getting hit. We're talking about practice. All right, I am officially in a – and I'm also rooting for Taylor Grimes, too. I'm rooting for both of them. I'm not rooting against either of these guys. But I, I hope both Taylor Grimes and Montreal Washington have great games because if they have great games, that's good news for the Broncos. And I'm not rooting against, against Marvin Mims. I know it's his job. I just really love what I've seen out of Montreal Washington and Taylor Grimes. So there's two dudes – that I'm pulling for. I'm not pulling against anybody, but I'm rooting for them to have a great game because they both probably need it. I'm not rooting against Alberto, but I just think he's blown his opportunity. I'm not rooting against him, but I'm not I'm not holding my breath. You he know? has definitely blown his opportunity because I think Sean Payton already going into preseason one, and you're, what, a month away. You're already about a month away from playing against the, the Las Vegas Raiders. They... Sean Payton and his staff have given Alberto every opportunity already to make this Well, here's team. what was crazy. Alberto was really good in the spring. Yeah. And the OTAs in Manicamp, Alberto looked great. You don't have to put on shoulder pads. Oh, you don't man. have to block in the run game. Wait till you hear what LaShawn McCoy said about Eric Bieniemy and changing with the times. Details on that next. Maybe that is a good idea. <laughs> I got no problems except for this. Oh, all right. That's the way it rolls. Uh, uh. Hey, man, is Ed Sheeran playing at uh, Empower Field this weekend? Mm-hmm. Not this weekend. Well, the other No, one. not this weekend. No, yeah, not yeah, this yeah, weekend. Be next weekend, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Uh, is that a show I would go to? Should that would be? Is that... Yeah, no. that's I mean, a good if show. you're into Khalid or or Ed Sheeran, then uh, I don't see why not. Yeah, I'll tell you Ed Sheeran has some good songs. It is a show that you can go to for the price of a Big Mac combo meal. Is that right? It's pretty cheap. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, not not. Yeah, I was exactly because yeah, that's like Ed Sheeran's a stadium show still, huh? It's a stadium show. Mm-hmm. What do, what do you think I got to drop on tickets for a couple of those? I can tell you exactly because I I bought them. Oh, talk you to just me. did one hundred six thousand uh, overseas. So yeah, well, we're not overseas, Joe. We're uh, in Denver. I'm just trying. Yeah, to he's still it's always well, big trying overseas. Trying to give you a ballpark he's, he's, here, you little cocky people, guy. People overseas are morons. Uh, I, the stupidest concert goers in the world apparently are in Buenos Aires. <laughs> they just like the three hundred thousand people are seeing Motley Crue. I mean, they they are just so starved for anything over there. They I'm talking about, you know, good old Denver, Colorado. 
Yeah, he. But I, maybe I'm just wrong. But I always assumed he was a still a big enough star that like it carried over. But I mean, he went from selling Wembley Stadium five days in a row, which is hundred thousand people. To you can get a ticket to to this that concert on Saturday yeah. for thirty five bucks. Which really? Yeah. Oh, all right. It's at Empower Field, though, right? Yeah. My my friends and I, uh, my uh. friends and I found a three pack of tickets for eighty five dollars all in. What for three tickets? Where? Oh. What section? Oh, I mean, you're you're you know, you're, you're, you're up there. Yeah, but yeah, but you're, you're so what? You're, you're in the door. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point, you're just having. Just at that point, I would be. At down. that point, I was wary to be like, even though I could get like, you know, floor seats for probably like. 125 bucks, no 150 bucks. Like, you could, like, at that point, I'm like, dude, do I, do I want to? Spend? Oh, I might take the wifey dead Sharon, though, if, if we're talking about that. Well, here, let's look. Yeah, I, I, gotta, I gotta, look I gotta, I gotta, all right, well, we'll talk about it off the air, but you know, so he's, he's, he's not a Swifty, but it's, uh, you know, no. Will Peterson isn't gonna retire on Ed Sharon. There's only tickets. one Swifty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let me get to LaShawn McCoy. Let me get to LaShawn McCoy. Thank you. Um, LaShawn McCoy with a uh, different take on Eric Bieniemy. So you got all this story about Eric Bieniemy, you know, yelling at players and Ron Rivera saying, "Hey, why don't you just go talk to EB?" And uh, then, then that that Rivera thing was weird, man. Like he was reading, like reading. It wasn't exactly an apology, but or maybe it was. It was, it was something. He was reading something about how he. Stuck his foot in his mouth, and he wanted to take something back about EB. It's odd, right? The coach reading a statement. Mm. Well, maybe his PR people just said, "Here, you got to kind of go up there and say that today." Uh, okay. All right. Here's Lashawn McCoy. I think he'll be a good head coach because he's big on the discipline, you know, making making everybody accountable. But I never seen him as a coordinator. He, he never really called plays. He installs, never installed no plays, anything like that. But the thing that alarmed me the most was their, their relationships with the players. And the one thing why Andy Reid is such a great coach, obviously the X's and O's part of it, right. but he can relate to players. He can understand them. He can adjust from when I had him at 20 years old to having him in 2019. He, he, he changed. And you got to change with the times. And I think with, with the enemy, he's still stuck in that old back in the days where the coaches is cussing the players out. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me play another one. Let me play another one. Now I was I was part of that um, Kansas City Chiefs championship team, yeah, and it was terrible. That one of the first things I noticed is how he talks to the players. It was like you can't talk to these players, and if you notice all the players he has issues with, fights with, arguments with on the sideline, and if you notice when the players speak of Eric Bieniemy, I mean, they say he's a really really good coach. You know, he's disciplined. He cares. He has your back. They don't say nothing about how he's teaching them. How's he making them better? And you never would see that because he didn't do a lot of that. When I was with him, I didn't see a lot of that. So I just think that when Rivera talked about the players that are coming up to talk to him, these ain't third-string guys. These ain't second-string guys. These are starters. Like, hey, coach, I'm all down for the tough coaching, but when you start ripping players and cussing them out and cursing them out, you now get the best out of them. And I think he doesn't realize that times have changed. Oh, okay. Oh, I think Shady has a point right there. And LaShawn, I'm... With certain guys, I think the hardest job for a coach is understanding what each and every individual needs. Are like you players have to, soft? That's no, the thing. Um, are players soft? Some players are soft, but at the same time, I do agree with the aspect of, hey, every person, you can't motivate them the same way. 
Me, you can talk to me any type of way. I have the best coaches for me understand it's 15 inches from the middle of my back to the middle of my butt. Mm. When I do something right, let me know I did it right. I messed something up on that football field, go down 15 inches and kick me in my butt. Man, mm-hmm. You could do it in front of anybody. I promise you it's not going to offend me. It's not going to affect me. It's just going to motivate me even more. But I've seen grown men curl up and, and fold underneath that pressure. Is EB out of touch? Is he out of touch? If you're doing, if you're treating everybody the same exact way, yes, you are out of touch because every individual is not the same, mm-hmm. and you have to be able to massage it to a certain extent with certain guys. Is Absolutely, this going to be a disaster in Washington. It can either be a really, really good thing or a really, really bad thing. I don't think there's any real in between. It's either you know people are going to say, "Hey, we're going to buy in. This guy's won championships. He's won Super Bowls." Or they're going to be like, the, the heck with this, and one guy's going to go out there and try to fight him. Do you think EB would make a good head coach? <laughs> you see, that's where it gets hard. In today's NFL, no, I, I really don't. Because he can't change, right? He is who he is. Yeah. He's, he's always been like that. We've known EB for so long. But, he hasn't changed. That's here, the way he's always been. But here's the thing, though. What, what, what quarterback does he get? Because uh, I think that's he, a huge part of it. He gets a bad team because that's who hires new coaches. But, you get a bad team. But do you go get your quarterback that I mean, who's, who's doesn't gonna want be, superstar Who's going to be looking for a, quarter, a coach next year? There's always five to seven of them. But, Where are they going to be? But does that quarterback come in and not expect superstar treatment? Is he willing to go out there and grind it out to earn it? Who are going to be because the lousy you put, teams? You put EB with the Tom Brady. I'll tell you who might be looking for a head coach, uh, dude. Uh, might be Washington looking for a new head coach next year. Yeah, but this is my point, though, D-Mac, is – that if EB was with like a Tom Brady that's willing to take a back seat and do yes sir no not sir getting Tom Brady he's no, not I'm getting... saying that mentality yeah that mentality yeah, yeah. of a player yeah. at the quarterback position yeah he's going to All have right. success well he's not going to get that because when you're a, a new hired head coach the team stinks and you're going to get a 21 year old that <laughs> yeah, you, you know, don't get that that was getting paid millions of dollars last no. year before in L- NIL. No, dollars. you have to go into a lousy situation. Unless something weird happens, like Gary Kubiak retires for health reasons and the team's action. I mean, that has happened. But except for that, you're going into a bad situation. And if you're going into a bad situation, you probably got a bad quarterback. Yeah. Probably. But part of it as as well is that the game of football has became soft. So that's my defense with EB. I got to follow up to that. I got to follow up to that about soft or or I want to define what exactly you're talking about coming up next. I'm just an old truth teller. It's time for D-Mac to kill you with truth. I want the truth. Tell the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Here on The Drive. Here's the truth about tomorrow night. I don't want to rain on anybody's parade, but it happens every time in these preseason games. You get all hyped up. And then you feel leaving completely unsatisfied. The truth is what you really want to see tomorrow night is good communication and nobody getting hurt. So while we might want to hype it up and, you know, listen, we're, we're excited about all this and the depth chart and all that. The truth is, can you get in and out of the huddle and just get the plays off? Because the most embarrassing moment of all the wild embarrassing moments for the Broncos was the countdown game. That's a game he actually won. But tell me something more embarrassing last year for the Denver Broncos. I think this even tops Let's Ride. It's, it's um, the crowd. 
organically figuring out we need to count down the play clock to help you out. So how about we see this tomorrow? And I'll be satisfied if it looks just like a football game should look. I'll take that as a step of progress. And that's the truth. So I'll save the touchdowns and field goals and everything else, Orlando, for later on. You're going to have a practice with the Rams. I think that's pretty important. The game, not so much, but I think the practice is pretty important. Preseason game with the Niners, eh, okay. But as long as you look like a football team should look, do not forget, man, they had that preseason game with Buffalo, and they didn't look like a football team. And that was the second preseason game. So as long as you look like a football team, I think we're going in the right direction. Couldn't agree with you more, DMAC. Can I give you one more, though? Sir, of course. Uh, discipline aspect. Let, let's see no pre-snap penalties. Well, that'll be interesting, that, too. That would be huge for this football And they, they've struggled with that. Have you noticed they did have referees for a couple days, and that was it? Hmm. And they have not had referees for the majority of camp? Yeah, they're throwing that flag a little bit too much for SP. Well, I, w- Sean Payne said he does like having refs there. Okay, a little conspiracy theory here. little conspiracy theory. Do you think he got rid of the... I mean, I know the NFL refs were just here for a couple days, but you can have high school and college guys throwing flags too. I mean, that has happened in every training camp. And some refs just take it a little bit too seriously. Do you think Sean Payton was just trying to... Well, what? Why do you think the refs were gone? I think that there was a, a lot of flags that were thrown out there at practice, and... Hey, you know what? We could look at the film and tell you if somebody falls started or, say, if there's a passing interference right here. Um, You're taking your job a little bit too seriously. You're taking your free lunch a little bit too seriously. We'll just go in a different direction for a couple days. Soft? No, not at all, because I think that Sean Payton, how this depth chart came out, there was no surprise to me when I saw Albert O fifth on this depth chart okay. when Sean Payton is talking a couple days where it's just like, hey, guys are not going to jump out. If guys are going to continue to jump outside, you just want to take them out of there. I, you knew that could, he was going to reprimand guys for a reason you for whatever, somehow. He was trying to build up Russell Wilson's confidence by giving the offense a better chance to succeed by just getting rid of the refs so that plays could just happen and we're not throwing flags because two days in a row with rest out there, two days in a row on the first two plays of the two-minute drive, two days in a row, there were flags on the first two plays. No, I don't think so. You know, with refs, I've been on both sides of it with where there are refs that are out there and they're... They are not throwing the flag, and they're just kind of letting things go. And you have players now complaining to the ref, like, what the heck are you out here for? Are you just here for the free lunch after practice? Because wow. those guys are running in. Man. Or, like, where there's too many flags. And it's just like, come on, what, what are you doing here? So, for me, I, I think it has nothing to do with Russell Wilson. I don't think that Sean Payton's giving Russell Wilson an inch. I think Russell Wilson's earning every I, inch that he's taking right now from Sean Payton. But Sean Payton is paying unbelievable close attention to every little detail, including how we're going to warm up. There's no way that there's not refs out there because they just forgot about it. There's got to be a reason why Sean Payton has decided to do most of this training camp without refs. Yeah, um, what periods, what drills, sometimes that dictates it as well. Do you really need a referee there for nine on seven? They have every single year for every training camp I've been at. 
Brandon McManus is dressing up as one, and Sean Payne himself said he likes having him out there. Yeah. Okay. So what, <laughs> tell, tell me, it sounds like you're you're going to kill me with truth with something else right now. I'm killing you with questions here because it's just hitting me organically. I'm just thinking of it now because we have been out there a couple days and we're like, oh, that's a, well, we, well, we really don't know. There's no rest out there. So we don't know if that's past interference or a holding or whatever. We, we don't know that because there's no rest out there to throw the flag. And yeah, the offense has been looking a little bit better. That is true. That has lined up. You've just been looking for any reason to take a little bit away from Russell Wilson. Oh, you, you're any you're reason. You're accusing me of being a hater. No, that's the conspiracy theory as far as why do you hate Russell Wilson so much? I don't hate Russell Because remember what Wilson. it was a couple – when Russ put together the first two days – what was D-Max saying? Oh, well, Justin Simmons is not out there, he right? Hasn't been out there. And, then, you know, that's why. And then you finally, after Russ put together five days, you praised him a little bit yesterday. We got you to praise him. But now today it's like, oh, you know, Sean Payton getting rid of the referees because to build a little so confidence. It's just, it's just a total coincidence that Russell Wilson has had good days with no Justin Simmons and no referees out there. Hey, D-Man, we fixing mm. to, we're fixing to find out tomorrow because guess what? There are going to be some referees out there tomorrow. <laughs> That's what I and hear. And there will be some NFL referees. <laughs> <laughs> Our guy Scrappy Will has a fascinating story. Props to Drew Goodman. Nolan Arenado wants to walk something back. Ooh, what's Nolan walking back? What place are the Cardinals in these days? We'll talk to Scrappy Will coming up here in a sec. Training Camp 2023, Great Range Premium Bison presents The Drive. It was 1989, my thoughts were short, my hair was long. Caught somewhere between it, boy, and uh, Let's talk to our guy, Scrappy Will Peterson, Denver fan.com. Denver Sports.com. Denver Sports.com. Hey, Will, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing well. Um, you just posted an article, DenverSports.com, and props to Drew Goodman and his podcast for talking to Nolan Arenado. We do have some sound, but why don't you set it up what um, what Drew was out, able to get out of um, out of Nolan? Yeah, Drew did a fantastic job with the interview. Got him one-on-one last week when the Rockies were out in St. Louis, and he talked about his time with the Cardinals and being teammates with Albert Pujols and sort of buttered him up and then dropped on him you know, two and a half years later, Nolan, have you been able to reconcile what went down and how it went down in terms of your trade with the Rockies? And Nolan, this is the most I've ever heard him speak on it by a mile. Okay, I've, he's I've, ever been. I've got it right here, so let's listen to it together, okay? And then we can... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I think there's some things I wish I could take back with how it went down, maybe letting it get public there. Um, that's one thing I do regret about it. Um, was talking to the media about any of those things. That's one thing, I guess, when I was a little younger and I was frustrated and I, my emotions got the best of me in that time. That's the only thing I would read about how I went down. Um, but me getting moved was, uh, I think, important um, for me and my career. I think it was important for them, too. Um, and uh, I think that's about it. You know, I, 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 like, uh, I guess the one regret I have is... Uh, not, I wish we would have had, you know, like we had a pretty good group, you know, it was kind of fun, you know, me, Story, DJ, uh, Cargo, uh, you know, like it was a pretty cool group, your players, pretty good ones, so um, I wish we would have accomplished more, but I also wish we would have kept a lot of guys there, those guys back too. Orlando, the grass is always greener on the other side. And my band, guess who the worst team is in the National League? Okay, the Rockies. Mm. Guess who's the second worst team? Tied, okay, second worst team in the National League? 
Take a walk. St. Louis Cardinals along with the Washington Nationals. Mm. Scrappy Will tied for the second worst team in the National League. What did Nolan get out of this deal aside from a lot of cash? Yeah, I mean, not much. He hasn't won a playoff series with the Cardinals. They they haven't done anything in October. He was terrible last year once they made it to the postseason. They lost to the Phillies in the first round. I think they got swept at home, and uh, the Phillies went on to the World Series. So, yeah, he hasn't gotten much at all. But, I mean, there's a ton to dissect in what he said there, including that he, remember, texted every Rockies beat writer how disrespected he felt by the Rockies and Jeff Breidich in 2020, and he took it public. He went on to play that COVID-shortened waste of a season and then got his wish and got traded the next offseason. And you heard it at the end there, too. He says, I wish we would have kept a lot of those guys there. <laughs> and when things really started going downhill for the Rockies was when they let DJ LeMahieu leave for the Yankees and Nolan felt like they lied to him and didn't keep the core together of a 28 team that, that had a World Series window. And that sort of helped slam it shut. And uh, he's he says he's he's upset that he went public about it but i guess sometimes we all fire off text we wish we had back will is this a guy just truly being young in that situation like is this you know if nolan was three four years older does he handle it differently or does he handle it the exact same way because he is you know frustrated he's seeing some of his good friends and core guys leave the rockies to you know you just talked about dj going to the yankees yeah, that's a great question, Orlando, because when he sent those texts, he was 29, and now he's 32. So, I mean, how much maturing do we really do from 29 to 32? It wasn't like he was some 19-year-old kid that spouted off and regretted it. So, yeah, I think I think he would have handled it the same way because the one thing he says in there in the middle of that soundbite was, me getting moved, it was important for me in my career, and I think it was important for them too. So he still wanted to get moved. I, I'm not coming on the air and telling you guys, hey, Nolan wishes he was still a Rocky. That's not the headline. Nolan wishes he handled it a little differently, and obviously the public feud between him and Jeff Breidich, the former GM, led to his trade. And guys, don't forget, they traded Nolan and $50 million in February of 2021. Breidich quit the Rockies in April of 2021, two months after he made a horrible trade, one of the worst in baseball history, Jeff Bradich took his ball and went home and quit the Colorado Rockies. And here is where, I got to give Joe Ellis a little credit here. Here is where the owner has, watch this, step in. John Elway wanted to have Peyton Manning take this massive pay cut, and Peyton, rightfully so, was upset about it, and it was Joe Ellis who flew down to Louisiana to, to hash things out and figure things out to make sure that Peyton came back at least for one more year and kind of went over the head of John Elway, who was the GM at the time. But this is where the Monfort situation just got ridiculous because they couldn't manage things between a star player and Jeff Breidich, the GM. It just went askew. I, I think that's I think it is apples to apples there, Will. Uh, Orlando's looking at me kind of sideways, too. but Well, I just don't believe that Joel has jumped on a flight without John Elway knowing. Well, whatever, think, he did all, it. I think all of that was discussed. And I think that the fact that the whole Peyton Manning thing, Peyton felt very disrespected in the situation. And John, okay. being a former quarterback in the league, John couldn't go down there to Louisiana after that. <laughs> I think... That it was all right. It was definitely okay. It was a same, different thought process well, same, over there. Same as far point, as how though. you got there, but absolutely, it's I about agree with your point. Disrespect. It's, it's about disrespect and feeling respected. 
backwards. Well, guys, let me get in here real quick. What Nolan, DMAC, your point is spot on because what Nolan asked Dick Monfort to do, essentially, in so many words, was it's either me or Jeff Breidich. And Dick Monfort, in one of the most insane moves by an owner, picked his GM over his future Hall of Fame third baseman. And that was the last straw for Nolan. And then his GM resigned two months later. So how does Dick Monfort sleep at night picking Jeff Breidich over Nolan Arenado? And then two months later, he was without both of them. Yeah, you're right. The owner's got to get involved there and realize the player is way more important than the guy from Harvard right, fine. who's eventually going to quit. But you don't have to. Listen, you had Nolan under contract, okay? Would all have been forgotten if Breidich left in February and instead of April? Yes, if he had fired Jeff Breidich, Nolan Arenado would still be a Rocky. That's yeah, but I'm you know, as an as an owner, you you've got you can you can negotiate it so that both parties, if you still want to keep the GM around, you know, you just figure it out, man. I mean, you just sort of make it happen. You get in the middle of it, and you don't. The whole like players and and pulling ultimatums on ownership to me is absurd. I mean, it's ridiculous. So no, but Dmac, put yourself in Dick Monfort's shoes. If it yeah. came down to it and you were the owner of the Rockies and all you had to do to keep Nolan Arenado happy was fire Jeff Bradich, would you have done it? I, I would have. No, I wouldn't just acquiesce to a player because he's making baby-like demands. And Nolan on Drew Goodman's podcast is admitting he would have handled it different and was immature. So if I'm a mature billionaire or whatever I am owner, I'm going to know there's going to be some baby immature behavior and I'm going to freaking settle settle it down a little bit. I never really got the player that looked at, like, the GM and said, like, I don't want you here. <laughs> I, that makes no sense to me. The it's GM a crazy the thing to demand. Who's supposed to, like, put the football team together. The owner, they're, they're off on vacations, and they're doing this and this and that and all these other things. The GM is the person that's like, okay, we need this, we need that, we need this. This is how we're going to get through the, the year. So for me, like I, I thought that Nolan took it a step too far when you oh, started talking about the whole GM situation. So I don't, I don't think that anything would have changed personally, Will, because you talk about him sitting there and texting all the beat writers and going, like he went on a campaign the whole entire year. So he wanted out of here. He wanted to force Yeah, but that's, out. as an owner, as a strong owner, you got to be able to settle to shut things. shut down. That's right. And, and I'm going to give Greg Penner a little credit here. I really do think there was a little, I'm guessing, I don't have inside information on this, but I'm guessing with the, uh, the Sean Payton mess at the beginning of training camp and, you know, throwing everybody and their brother under the bus, I'm going to guess, and it's a guess, that Greg Penner probably, in my opinion, had a conversation with Sean Payne about, uh, yeah, you can't do that. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that that wasn't really happening with Monford, um, but it's a guess on my part. However, it put the fire out relatively quickly with the Broncos, and this fire has been burning ridiculously for, for the Rockies. Good stuff, Will. What, el- what else is uh, interesting there at denversports.com these days? Well, guys, the biggest news of the day, in my opinion, is the Nuggets and Lakers feud. Yes. That's getting the opening night yes. treatment from TNT. I, yes. I think it's fascinating that they have decided this feud between Michael Malone and LeBron James is so spicy. Yep. They want that kicking off their season next year. Well, that's uh, at DenverSports.com. Yeah, well, awesome. upset at all that it's the, the early game and not the night game? Yeah, because, I mean, according to this report from Shams, the Suns and Warriors will follow the Lakers and Nuggets. So 
we may get a nice little uh, 6 o'clock tip-off here in Denver yeah. with the Suns and Warriors going at 8.30. It would why, be great. Why would we be upset about that? That's a primetime game, man. That's for the whole country. Hey, I'm uh, upset about that. I'm a little upset. What? <laughs> no way, man. I have no idea where I'm going to be at at that point in my life. Uh, well, okay. How well, am I getting there? It's a Tuesday night. Oh. A, well, traffic. The fact, well, all right, right, the fact that they're going to drop banners and rings and videos and LeBron James has to stand there. That's the best part about it. Wouldn't that be funny if he figured out a way to be hurt for the first couple games of the season and he wasn't there? Can you imagine? LeBron not traveling with the team because he's uh, at USC with Bronny. Oh, my God. I was just about to say that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Do you think LeBron figures out a way to weasel out of that that game? No. No way. Right? Can't. Can't no. do it twice because the, because then really then the thought that Michael Malone is in his head would it. be actually true because remember guys LeBron was overseas posting about Michael Malone on Instagram. You want to talk about a head coach living rent free in a star player's head? You're in seven time zones away, and just because Michael Malone talked a little smack on the Pat McAfee show, yeah, yeah, you yeah. got to go post about it on Instagram. Right? If LeBron hides and runs from this he one. Can. That would be pretty weak. Okay. Um... All right, good stuff, Will. That that's going to be an awesome. It's a Tuesday night, October twenty fourth. That is going to be awesome. That is going to be one to remember. And this all happens in front of LeBron and the Lakers with all that drama. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That can't get here quick enough. <laughs> Thank you, Will. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, um, Will. Good job, Will. I right, appreciate it. See you guys. Oh my God, that is going to be so awesome. Who's the bigger rival to the Nuggets, the Suns or the Lakers? And nobody's the. Rival to the world champions, they're they're just all uh, there is. Oh, it's the Lakers now. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 What about the whole you got to win? You got to win in order for it to be a rivalry. Well, Last you got to watch. It was a sweep. Yeah, you got to. It was a four piece. One, two, three, four. Here who you are you go. talking we'll about? See you later. Yeah, who's Nug- the bigger challenger to the Nuggets this year? Is it the Suns or the Lakers? Same rivalry, right? Nah, I mean, rivalry means the other team also has to have won championships. No rivalry win games. The how Lakers you have to win championships in order for it to be a rivalry. Really? I think so. So the Suns. Okay, the I'm Broncos sorry. Who and would the you? Chiefs were. Well, I don't like, know. Like, Listen, like, man, we're in weird territory. Yeah, with the Broncos. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if the Broncos have a rival right now. Okay, so no, it's bad. They haven't beat the Raiders in like five years. The Broncos' rival is who they're playing tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> Cardinals? Who knows, man? Oh, with the Cardinals? <laughs> right. That's the rivalry right now. <laughs> <sighs> Who would you rather see the Nuggets beat, the Lakers or the Suns? Rather beat. Oh. Rather see them beat? Yes. Right now? Lakers. Yeah. Yes. It's got to be the Lakers just because of how much they've been in their head. All the talk that's Suns. been going on. And Who are the Suns? And I'm just tired of the, the human mop, Anthony Davis. Are you really? AD, huh? Tired of Darnham. Tired of head coach. Okay, keep going. Everybody. <laughs> keep going. Austin Reeves, overrated. Keep going. It's the Lakers by a mile. I love the fact that they went and got Tristan Thompson out of, like, the, out of the booth. Broadcasting? Like, Broadcasting. Like, hey, come on. And this was the serious, like, he started to play it. I was like, what the heck? I loved it, too, when Jokic was like, ah, I thought I'd feel better about being the Lakers, but it was kind of unsatisfying. Like, it wasn't a big deal. And the Suns. That was about, the ultimate mic drop. It was great. And it was, you know, and then, you know, wins the parade. Oh, I got to go home. <laughs> I want to stay on parade. 
was the best, man. It, it was so, oh, man, it was so great. It was so great this spring and this summer, early part, man. I know, I know we're beating our heads against the wall about, about the, uh, the Broncos and how they're going to do and what we're into. But, you know, every now and then, man, just close your eyes a little bit and think about how incredible the Nuggets year was last year, man. Mm-hmm. Just think about how this. Before that, I think that which year was more special? The Nuggets it, it year last the, it, year or the Habs? It, it was the Nuggets because they just hadn't done it before. But that is not to take away how great it was for the Abs, though, too. But it, it was the Nuggets. Only because they had not done it before. That's right. That yeah. is correct. Okay. That is correct. But don't let that diminish how amazing it was for the Avalanche, too. And you know what? It's just a... Uh, you you, you should have won game five at home when McKinnon gets a hat trick. And you just... Uh. Yeah, just... Absolutely. Amount of money. And then you, well, right. And then you get the Nuggets winning that game at home. Yeah. You know, it just, dude, that, I'm telling you, man, one of the most memorable moments of my 35 years of, of doing radio and media and all that, hanging around Ball Arena in the tunnel where it was chaos. Like it was, it was crazy after that game. Yeah, just for it to happen on your home court, that that's got to be unbelievable. Aaron Gordon was walking down the street having his own parade. <laughs> Christian Brown had his, Christian Brown didn't have his shirt on for like a week. Jokic and his family were in and out of the locker room. It was like, what what is going on here? Hey, remember that sign? It was so that, awesome. That signing that I'm supposed to be at a Dick Sporting Goods tomorrow. Yeah, we're, we're going to yeah. have to push that back. Yeah, 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 man. <laughs> Not going to be able to make it. I woke up six hours after I was supposed to be at a signing. Whoops. I want to know everybody to know that Nikola Jokic has me feeling like this. Oh, man. We're gonna lose. <laughs> well, how much we missing Brucey Brown, man? Cowboy Bruce Brown. Oh, I miss him man. so much. Dude, man. that's going to. Ah. But we'll never forget him, right? Never. Never forget him. Put him up in the rafters, why don't you? Hey, Michael Porter Jr. hit one three-pointer. 